0: Hey, welcome on in. It is a Monday afternoon, and it's lunch with Claves and Joe here on clavesonline.com. As you can see, Claves, we are coming to you from the Munganass Acura showroom. And at some point, I think, during the next uh, 30, 40 minutes or so, I might lose you to this uh, car that they're showing no, off in front of
1: us. It's a very nice car, but as I told you, I have one rule about a car. If you can't have your groceries, golf clubs, and girlfriend at all at the same time, mm-hmm. I can't drive it. So, yeah. it's a beautiful car, but it doesn't have my name on it. It's the
0: uh, the brand new Acura NSX that they have sitting out here in the uh, in the showroom. Uh, they said so they sell one a year, and there's a couple right now. I think they go for about the, a, what 175. He just pounds? told you, yeah, one, th- this one right here, 175.
1: Yeah,
0: just 175. It's a
1: good-looking vehicle, but. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do anything with
0: it. Yeah, I I, I wonder at uh, the, the amount of cars that you and I have both bought from Mung and Ass over the years if that equals if that comes out to 175. Probably not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unless you plan on buying one more.
0: <laughs> I will be uh, next month uh okay. by the next time we talk next month we'll be coming to you from Mung and Ass Alton Toyota and that's going to be after my uh week-long road trip uh, up to Minnesota, South Dakota, Nebraska, that big road trip I'm doing South for, uh, for some races that I'm running. I'm going to be renting a uh, a Sienna from Jamie over there at Mungan Assault and Toyota. So, so
1: you got the big deal coming up next week, I have right? the
0: Chicago Triathlon coming right. up this week. I did a short uh, super sprint this weekend in O'Fallon, the uh, uh, O'Fallon, the O-Town Hustle this weekend. That was a short – it was a 150-yard swim. 10 mile bike ride, two mile run was, How many uh, people was this weekend. Participated in that? There were about 200 that were, in, uh, that were in that this weekend. I finished 35th. That's all right. I was, I was happy with that. Yeah. I was upset that I finished fourth in my age group. So I did not get to go up on the podium oh, okay. afterwards. Uh, but the third place guy beat me by three minutes. There was no oh, way wait, I could make there. up three minutes. Won uh, and lost.
1: Where, um, what, what element? I mean... I
0: think for everybody, it's different. I, yeah. I feel like for something like that, you could tell it was put on by a uh, by a bike store mm-hmm. because by the time you got to the two-mile run this weekend, there were a lot of people walking. There were a lot <laughs> <laughs> And then you go and you look at their times, mm-hmm. and they're on the bike going 20, 21 miles an hour on the bike, where I'm going like 16 miles yeah. an hour on the bike. And well, there you go. And you can tell... That's where it was. Yeah. So I could probably, looking at my times for something like that, I could be much faster on the uh, on the bike. Okay. Uh, but for this weekend, Klebes, it's uh, it's all about me surviving the uh, the swim. That's uh, that's that's where I'm. I'm a little nervous. That's where I think it's gonna be Nothing a little to shaky.
1: It. Nothing
0: too. I'm it. getting uh, it's a mile. It's one all mile. Right. It will be 50 minutes of swimming through Lake Michigan, and everything in it. It, you know, yeah, you know what, uh, folks? Uh, just a it, having a boss like Claves, I'm I'm coaching I'm coaching youth baseball Friday, and not a care in the world. And I get back to my car, I'm thinking, oh, Claves is sending me a text. This must have something to do with the Cardinal game that he's getting ready to call. No, it's a picture of some fish that uh, what was it bit a man's foot off yeah. in the uh, in a lake during was, a triathlon. Yeah, so triathlon. yeah. So instead of support from him, I get pictures of fish. I was, of, uh, I was just fish. trying to
1: just give you an idea of being prepared. <laughs> also trying to talk him in and not doing it because you, you can have it. Well, I wish you the best I've, of luck. I, I know have, you'll do yeah, well.
0: I have Googled whether or not there are sharks in Lake Michigan. No, <laughs> no.
1: Let's let somebody drop one off. You know, we had this issue. This was, gosh, 20 years ago at least, where somebody had some piranhas as pets. Yeah. And threw them in a lake. And all of a sudden, they started to grow and you know, they yeah. populate, and they had a problem. I think they had to drain that lake. I'm trying to think of where it was in St. Louis, but this is 20 25 years ago, it happened. Uh, but they're not draining Lake Michigan just because of something. If they do, they yeah. find too many other things at the bottom. So they they
0: definitely would up yeah. uh, up there. I know. So last week I had on my show I had Mike Lowe from WGN on, who is also mm-hmm. training for it, and they're doing weekly specials with him. And he uh, he told me that I guess two years ago the water was so rough that they canceled it. They canceled the swim portion of it, so it was just bike and run right. out of that. You
1: get some high winds and you get those choppy waves and yep. It, it adds on to the swim. So, what do you say? It's less than a mile technically, point nine three miles. Well, but I and imagine they probably allow for the, the wind and the currents and everything yeah. else. That that you, you'll probably be doing. A mile I'm or some I'm change. gonna yeah
0: I'm gonna guess that I am not a good enough swimmer to where I will go in a straight line the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> <It was zigzag. laughs> So I'm thinking I might end up with about just, 1.2 miles. The- and <laughs> just don't, don't finish last. That's all. The, the timing, because they so they send out these athlete packets, uh, just little notes like, "Hey, you know, I got to sit through like a 45 minute seminar mm-hmm. before before everything." So they're going to tell me all the stuff, or they're telling you the details of, you know, what to have, what to prepare for, what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, what times everything's going to be starting. It is 56 pages long. And there's well, a lot of it that I don't. Do that it. Yeah, there's part of it like for spectators. I yeah. don't care about that part. There's part of it for the kids. Yeah, but part, from a safety
1: standpoint, yeah. they got to cover all the base
0: But it's just sorting through it and looking at what parts I have to yeah. I have to do. So, yeah, so that'll be, uh, that's this Sunday. So Sunday morning, I think it's around 630, 640 is when I will start Come
1: my portion of it.
0: Uh, my goal is three and a half hours. All right. That is knowing what I can do on the bike and the run. That means I am giving myself an hour to complete the swimming. That's fair. Which, and you can make it up on the
1: back end with the, with the bike or the run.
0: I can, yeah. And I, I got a little plantar fasciitis going on right now. So I have been in talks with Dr. Rick. Uh, so he's going to help me out with that on Thursday. Good. And uh, hopefully I just don't feel my feet at all come uh, come <laughs> Sunday <laughs> with with whatever help he can uh, he can provide on Thursday. All right. But I'm going to his office and seeing him coming up this Thursday. Uh, this weekend, the Cardinals were at Bush Stadium. So – It was a series in August against the Pirates with the Cardinal team that just keeps fluttering back and forth between making you think they're in the race and out of the race. But I got to think for you this weekend, going down there and covering the series for what it was with tributes to Lou Brock and Bob Gibson with the Hall of Fame in between. I got to think this was a special weekend for you.
1: Yeah, it it was uh, for some of those reasons you mentioned. And with it being Hall of Fame week, you know, you see guys for 40 years. I mean, you know, Ozzy and Willie and, you know, we we all broke in together for the most part and to see them and everybody's in good health and then Vince is there and Ray Langford and then you see guys like Scott Rowland and Chris Carpenter. So it was a lot of fun with regard to seeing everyone and as you mentioned, honoring Bob and Lou this weekend was was touching, especially yesterday uh, because I had a chance to visit with Bob's wife and um, Wendy's just been a terrific person and you know, bob was as good of a friends i've ever had in the business and uh think about him all the time and mike and i had a few good laughs off the air yesterday about our time with bob and you know, we used to do a radio show together we we drive we walk across that grass berm over to the adams Park hotel and We'd have a couple cocktails, and this went on there, and I learned so much about the game and, and people, and it was so much fun, and and, and I miss those days; they were a lot of fun. Yeah, the, uh, the that I
0: was down at the uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony on Saturday, and then had a chance afterwards to talk with uh, with Tommy Herr and Keith Hernandez and John Tudor down there and uh, those uh th- just the fact that those three guys all came from s- the same era of cardinal yeah. baseball and you you saw the fans that were down there at the event uh down there in the plaza beforehand that they, they I mean they it just seemed like they were all having such a great time because it reminded them of that certain era of Cardinal baseball that's, you know, of Whitey ball of the, of, uh, you know, being at, at old Bush, being on that turf field. And and I think a lot for a lot of people it brought back memories of Cardinal baseball from
1: 40 years ago, which is completely opposite to what they see today. And I think that that's what creates such an interest in people. Man, can not we bring Whitey ball back? Yeah, we could, if we had those sort of players, but those sort of players aren't uh, in existence or aren't in abundance like they used to be and uh and Andy van Slyke was there and you know he he was part of that run as well of good players good athletes and and that's just something we just don't see as much as we used to and it's unfortunate because i think the people would have a greater interest in the game than what they do now and and that's you know we talk about this a lot about attendance and you know if you're not winning if you're not exciting uh you have to give people a reason to come and there aren't enough reasons. Not just in St. Louis, but around baseball, there's only a few teams that are having a good years at the gate. San Diego's having a good run. A couple other teams are doing okay. I think I saw the numbers. Like Cardinals are still sixth yeah. in attendance. Yeah. I
0: mean, for as bad as what Bush Stadium looks like this year, when you see the empty seats each and every, even on a big weekend like this weekend, when you look at all of the other uh, all of the other teams in baseball. It, it is a product of just what we, you've mentioned. People have found other stuff to go do on the weekends, yeah. and that's that's what it is right now. Yeah. It's, it's fans all over baseball going and doing other things and going to a game.
1: Well, you know, we were in Kansas City. They had their largest crowd of the year on that Saturday. I think fireworks night was part of that as well. But, man, we were in Pittsburgh. They announced 8,000. There may have been 5,500 maybe. And you think about these parks and how big they are. And yesterday they had a good crowd. It was like 34,000, which was good because it's Pittsburgh. And But, you know, one of the things I've realized, our division with the exception of the Cubs, none of those teams draw well in St. Louis unless it's opening day. But I think the baseball is going to have to go back to the drawing board and realize that. The current method isn't working, and they're going to have to figure out how they can do a better job in getting people to come back.
0: You have a series coming up here in a couple weeks where the Dodgers will be in town. Not only are they World Series favorites, but it is also the return, again, of Albert Pujols. Again, quite possibly the last time that Albert Pujols will be playing a game in Bush Stadium do you think the Cardinals can draw 40000 yeah, for that series? I do.
1: And if they're in it, I think that'll help as well. I think the Albert impact is certainly something that's going to come into play. And that's a great point you made. I don't know if it's the last time because I get the feeling that he thinks he might want to play one more year. He
0: looks like he's having fun in, in yeah. with the
1: Dodgers. And uh, with the DH, you know, I think the game's going to change dramatically next year because of the DH and the fact that, teams who are going to look at it a little differently. Now, I don't know what that means for the Cardinals right now. uh, But, yeah, I I would say this. And I was a guy who thought he was done, okay? When they released him, I was like, yeah, let's move on to something else. But he's been able to hang in there. And I think his presence, and from what I'm told, he's mellowed dramatically is probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would be fitting if he could finish here as long as it doesn't prevent the growth of somebody else, maybe you kick a tire zone.
0: Yeah. And that's, yeah. I think, I do think though, that there is a lot of talent down in AAA that would benefit, that will benefit from there being a DH next year in, in baseball. So as, as much as nice as it would be for him to end his career in St. Louis as, as a DH, I think that there are there are way too many other possibilities
1: well, out there. Here's what I would suggest: if you could DH him, and also find a left. You need see to me. You need a left-handed back. That's I and I, the, the name
0: that comes to mind is someone like Nolan Gorman.
1: Yeah, but I don't Kumar. know if
0: he's ready. You don't think he'd be ready just to DH next year?
1: I don't know. You know what? I'm not against I, righties. I, I, I haven't seen enough of them, but I'm going to go see him. Uh, next week because I'm not going on this road trip. So I'm going to take my own little road trip and check out some of these fall players. I'm going to try and go to Peoria or Springfield and also uh, go to Memphis and see for myself what, what, what we have here. Uh, but, you know, he wasn't that good before the pandemic. Now, think about it, he was off for a year. He got off to a little bit of a slow start this year. Uh, he's moved up. But I I just think a lot of things have to happen for a guy to say, all right, here you go. You're going to make the ball club as a DH. And, oh, by the way, you've never seen one major league pitch in your life. So I think they want to bring him along slowly. But I'd find a left-handed bat. And maybe at some point he develops into the player that you you think he can be and I think he can be. But I don't want to start the season off with that. I I think we need to get out early and, and, and have a team that's worth people wanting to come see.
0: Another guy who uh, at the tail end of his career, Adam Wainwright, we saw just another fantastic outing yesterday out of him. Eight innings pitch, two two hits. and So he's given up four hits in two games against Pittsburgh. And it seems like one of those where you looked at it going in. It was a Sunday afternoon game honoring Bob Gibson, who Adam Wainwright had such a great relationship and so much respect for. You, you kind of knew going into that game that Adam Wainwright was going to be dominant, and that's kind of where we are with him this year. If it's a big moment, you know what you're getting out of the mound with him. Where do you put this season right now that we're seeing out of Adam Wainwright? Where do you put this, I guess, how do you put this into perspective for where he's at with his career?
1: This is as good as I've seen him in a long time. Uh, he's been in every game. You know, I mean, what is, what's his record, 12 and whatever, but my point being, he's given them a chance most nights. Uh, and that says a lot for a guy who you thought was going to be your fifth starter mm-hmm. or your fourth starter. And to take it one step further, I think, first of all, he's the most valuable player of the team. Yeah. Secondly, um, you know, he and Yachty have a chance to break that uh, record for uh, most appearances together. Um they're at 298. The record is 324. So if he gets 25 starts next year, along with those starts he's going to get for the remaining of this season, mm-hmm. they can break that record. Throw this one in. Now this is a little bit of a wild card. He's at 179 victories. Let's say he gets two more, maybe three. So now he's at 182. Can he win 18 games next year?
0: I mean, maybe he, he could win a couple more this year to make that number next year a little yeah. easier. <laughs> I mean,
1: so that's my point. I think that there's there's a lot of reasons on why they both would and should come back. Uh, and maybe maybe they put the band together for one more run, and maybe Albert's part of that. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that have to happen. This offseason is going to be interesting. And, and you touched on something last week about – the inactivity in baseball's offseason compared to the other sports, this might be a way for baseball to give themselves a legitimate shot at attracting fans and creating interest early, compared to thinking they're just going to show up because it's baseball season.
0: I I, I worry that it's going to be even worse this year, just with out the with with the labor agreement. Not yeah, being out. I know they started talking recently, about a week or two ago. I know that initial conversations have taken place, but. I I can't see owners going out and signing guys not knowing if there's going to be a season or not.
1: Well, I think there will be. Um, I've talked to enough people to feel like, you know, the issues aren't situations that they can't resolve them. As one person said, as long as they don't bring in salary cap or talk about that, they can get a deal done. I think there's going to have to be some sort of fiscal responsibility on the part of the owners uh, for two reasons. One, to save themselves from themselves, but also not to punish fans and or players by saying we're just going to tank and take the money. Yeah, I, I think we've seen enough of that. And, you know, this this Baltimore thing is one of the great embarrassments in sports and what they're continuing to do on an annual basis. Pittsburgh is not far away. Arizona is also in that same category, and I, I think that the, the players are trying to force the owners' hands. Hey, put a more competitive team on the field.
0: But outside of just making them sell the team, I, there's—I know some of the talk has been a salary floor that they've that they've put out there. Outside of just getting new owners brought in, I, I mean, even you know in Chicago, the Ricketts family. You look at everything, all the promises they made. After they became competitive, after they won the World Series, after they got all of the funding to build up Wrigley to then just break it all down again and sell it all with nothing. They were kind of
1: limited resource wise, because apparently the way that deal was put together within the Ricketts family, there was only so much money they could actually spend for the first few years. I forgot how long it was. So there was some some things that tied their hands now. Having said that, you know, wherever Theo seems to go when he leaves, it's a disaster. I mean, you think about the Red Sox and how that thing just blew up. Mm -hmm. You see it in Chicago. He leaves, and now everybody's looking around like, what what the hell just happened? And that was supposed to be a dynasty. Remember, they thought they went two or three of them, and I think everybody did. But they just – they drafted poorly. Uh, They stayed with certain guys too long, and this is a great indicator – when you look at the successful teams in sports or baseball, man, if you don't have pitching, you, you have no chance to win. And you look at how poorly they drafted pitchers. I mean, they had drafts where they didn't have a guy throw a major league pitch. Yeah. That they guys that they had drafted. So th- their situation is a little different. But I, I think overall, the other thing, forcing them to sell a team, here's here's another challenge. You got to find somebody who's got $2 billion, $3 billion. Yeah. You know, and it's not as easy as it used to be because you try and put a group together, but you gotta have a majority owner. And you know, what does the investor get for his money? I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, it's not as lucrative as you may think until you sell. You get
0: more you're seeing more and more athletes from other sports jumping in. Uh yeah, they're throwing DeCampo, in small, uh buddy, yeah, right? he just uh he just joined the ownership group up yeah. in Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, you know, that's been going on and, and you know. A guy can throw anywhere from a million to maybe 10. You know, with Magic Johnson, you know, he only threw 10 million dollars into that thing. Yeah, we I say only 10, but they don't really get as much bang for their butt. They're not making decisions. But
0: then on top of that, though, somebody like Magic has done a good job of being vocal, yeah, in his ownership mm-hmm. with that. Like you look at what Jeter owns of the Marlins, yeah. Right now, it's not it's not a huge investment. It's not. But they've kind of made him the face of that, exactly. and that's the yeah. same with Magic Johnson. They knew how beloved he is in Los Angeles, and they just said, "You know what? You'll know, go out there, send your little tweets about yeah. whatever, but whatever in, you understand as far as the game of baseball yeah. goes, and, but and in Jesus do that." Case, yeah,
1: part of his deal was he runs the team and he makes baseball decisions. Uh, some of these guys throw in just to have good seats at the game or mm-hmm. suite or whatever. You know, it's it's cool. I, I'm glad to see owners get involved in that regard. But, you know, we're talking talk cotton now as far as real money to be mm-hmm. spent if you want to be a legitimate owner.
0: Uh, quickly, before uh, we wrap up the baseball portion of this, uh, as far as this weekend goes, so Lane Thomas, who was traded at the uh, deadline for John Lester, add him to the list of Cardinal former Cardinals that have gone elsewhere and uh, had a uh, productive Whatever I had a, a productive weekend, a productive week, uh, some cases a productive career. Since then, this weekend against Milwaukee, he went seven for 11, two doubles and a triple, uh, drove in three runs, scored three times. Uh, so, Good for him. yeah, not uh, still. I mean, I, the average is still well below two forty. But, but, but... thing
1: on Lane Thomas. First of all, I never thought he recovered from COVID. Okay, it really took the wind out of his sails. B He's hurt a lot. See, when you're playing on a team that has no pressure, all of a sudden you seem sometimes become a better player. So I'm happy to see him have a good weekend, but I will never look back and say, man, I wish they would have given him a chance. They gave him every chance that was possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, sometimes a change of scenery might be a difference in, in your success, and, and hopefully he can continue that.
0: The uh, also of note this weekend, Miguel Cabrera hit home run uh, career home run number 500 tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, so close, so close to having that happen here in uh well here he, had Louis.
1: he hit 400 here. Did he? Yeah. He hit his four hundredth home run here. I remember his dead center field. It was raining on Saturday. Uh, it took it him a while 55. to get there. It took him a while to get well, from 499 had, to 500. Yeah, but he's had so many injuries. I know,
0: but it's because I saw when he hit that 499, I kind of looked at the schedule and was like, ah, he'll get there before yeah. then, and he ended up getting there one game before uh, before he got here.
1: Well, I remember when he broke in with Miami, and i never forget Albert talking about him one day. Yeah, he hey, Albert and I were just sitting there watching yeah. him take BP. And I said, what do you think of this guy? He said he's going to be one of the greatest players ever. Okay, maybe I'll start watching him more. And I did. (laughs) And, you know, he's had an incredible career. Think about this. He's the only triple crown winner since they went to Mm -hmm. divisional play. He's 55 hits away from 3000. Had he not had the injuries, we'd have been talking about this two or three years ago.
0: Yeah, and you look at everything, all the yeah, he's moves. He's playing on a
1: horrible team.
0: Yeah, and all the moves that he's made, uh, I mean, starting off as a third baseman, then going to left field yeah. and being part of those the World Series team. And then uh, I think what he when he went back to Detroit, he was back to third base for a little mm-hmm. bit before they eventually moved yeah. him over to first. And, and you could see as he started to hit more, started to bulk yeah. up more. But, I mean, similar to what Albert, the yeah. way Albert started, going third to left and then eventually over to first.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then a DH, and you know, some guys just aren't cut out to be DHs. you know, uh, as far as the the process of playing the game, and but he's been able to manage, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. I hope he hits 501 Thursday.
0: <laughs> Two game series starts mm-hmm. tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday. The Tigers will be here in town. I'm trying to think. So after him, who is next up at the 3,000
1: hits? Is it is it Yachty that is no active? No, I don't think so. I have to look at that list, but I don't think whoever Yachty's it is over is two thousand right yeah, now. Well, whoever it is is a long way away. I I know
0: Yachty, I thought was in the top three as far as active hit leaders, or top top five as far as active hit leader because it's Albert has over three thousand. Right, Cabrera's closing in on three thousand. He's
1: at twenty five fifty five, I believe. I mean, Twenty nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I was gonna say he should get to three thousand hits this season.
1: Have to do some raking between now and the end of the season. He
0: go. I think you know if he wants this to be his last season, yeah. if he wants to retire after this season, he'll he'll turn it on. He'll turn it on. The Tigers will give him every chance. I'm trying. I thought it was. I thought Yachty was up there. I'm trying to think who else would be. It's
1: a good question. Over that two thousand mark, about guys. It's like, you know, what's, what's interesting, like, as good of a hitter as Joey Votto is, he just went mm-hmm. over 2,000 Yeah, recently. So it's it's a harder challenge than you think. Uh, I have to check that out. I'll look into that. I hey, got man.
0: it. So I'm, I'm just bringing it up right now as far as the active hit leaders in baseball. And it is. Um, all right. Yachty is number four currently. Who's, who else is up? There? Albert at one. Cabrera at two. Robinson Cano is number three right now. Well, he's done. Has he played at all this no, he's year? For is he year. suspended the yeah. whole year? Uh-huh. I was gonna say. Yeah. I know I hadn't heard his name yeah. at all. I, I didn't think it was a yeah. full year suspension. Yeah, and then uh, Joey Votto is number five. So you only have five players right now active in baseball, including yeah. Robinson Cano, that have over two thousand
1: yeah. hits. And we're talking about getting to three thousand. Just think yeah. about how hard that
0: is. And you look at. I mean, Votto's thirty-seven. Yadi's thirty-eight. Neither one of those guys are getting to 3,000. As you, as I'm looking at this list here, which by the way, number six on the list is Nelson Cruz. I don't think there's any chance you could get, you could tell me who number seven on that list is. I have no idea. Elvis Andrews. Hmm. Currently the seventh ranked. He's a good player, though. (laughs) He is, he has eight over 1,800 hits. I'm looking at this list right now. I don't know if we will after Cabrera gets the three. I when I'm looking at age here of these, Jose Altuve is at seventeen thirty nine. No. No. I mean, think about it. It's going to be a while. I mean, Mike Trout is twenty nine. He's only at fourteen nineteen.
1: Yeah, he can't stay healthy. I mean, he's basically missed the whole season.
0: It's going to be a long time, I think, before we no, see another I, three. I, I get
1: three thousand hits. I think the same can be said about home runs. I don't think we're going to see a five hundred home run guy for a while.
0: I'd have to look at that too and see where where the list is with that.
1: All right. What else? Do but
0: we have? yeah, I think uh, the outside of that, outside of the baseball weekend, that there was. I mean, we we what, we got college football starting up.
1: Looking forward to it. Um, Mizzou is in action next. Saturday, mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go to that game. I was just talking to somebody about it earlier. I mean, they're playing through somewhere central Michigan.
0: Hey, it should be a way. I mean, the, for the hype and everything that is surrounded, what Eli Drinkwitz has put together yeah. right now out in Columbia. They uh, this this can't be like those years before. Remember the year they lost to Wyoming to start the year. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Day, uh, yeah. But still, when you put Wyoming on the schedule, you on you're them. not putting yeah. them on there right. to say, "Hey, we want to give our you know we yeah. just want to give a close game to so start." He no, had,
1: we, he and I had this discussion uh, about scheduling, and I'm a believer that if you want me to take you serious, play a, a regional team, mm-hmm. play a comparable conference. You can have your blood donor, but, you know, you can't put a bunch of cream puffs on there and expect anybody to take you serious. Now, the SEC always used to say, well, our league is so tough, we can't afford to put – maybe that's true, to a point. But I think if you're trying to gain credibility amongst the voters and, and getting yourself in one day being a bowl championship series, you've you got to schedule better. Mm-hmm. You know, And I'm going to give you a good example. I'm gonna give you a team that you might want to pay attention to this year. Cincinnati, Cincinnati is knocking on the door of being in this playoff thing, and they got a pretty interesting schedule. And if they run the table the way they could, I mean, you could be—they're gonna—they're gonna push somebody out that we've been accustomed to seeing.
0: Yeah. You also uh, this weekend too. Illinois is uh, in action yeah. against Nebraska. So you got a conference right. game to start off in August.
1: Uh, my good buddy, Lon Tay, wanted me to come up for that one, and I can't because I'm traveling, but I was thinking about it. Uh, but I'm going to get up to Illinois and check them out as well.
0: A lot of Big Ten conference games are starting off this uh, – to start the season, start week one. So Nothing they-
1: wrong with that. I, I think what it does, it, it does two things. One, it creates immediate interest. Yeah. Two, uh, you can lose a game in September and still find your way to being in the championship mm-hmm. game of your conference. So I, I think – and then you find out what you have early, too. To see, I don't think you know what you have by playing Central Michigan, mm-hmm. all right? Um, you're going to have a good idea on what you're going to have against Nebraska. And, and, Grant, this is not the Nebraska of yesteryear. They, they got a lot of issues going on there, including being investigated. But bottom line is it's a conference game, and obviously conference games are always important yeah as uh as i look through here top
0: 25 this weekend uh else on the schedule uh coastal carolina this uh actually no this weekend no top 25 games i'm looking already at september 2nd so you're looking at next week to get any kind of or is that september 2nd is this uh Just, no that's that's next uh, week so it's no, a, a
1: tuesday game wednesday game i believe so next week 29th is sunday so the sixth is on a monday So you move it back, so September 4th, I guess, would be the the weekend when this thing really kicks off.
0: Yeah, so it's a couple games this weekend uh, just to give you something to watch, something to uh, get you ready for for football season.
1: Anything uh, jump out at you from the NFL this week? You know what? Um, I, I find it amazing how they can evaluate players in game situations when they don't play. Uh, some interesting quarterback situations unfolding. It looks like Teddy Bridgewater might be the guy in Denver. Uh, And obviously this San Francisco, this Trey Lance is doing some things, is turning some heads. So it'll be fun to watch the development of those situations. But I just find it hard to evaluate anybody who doesn't play. I Mm -hmm. mean, I think for me, I think what you have to be able to evaluate is how good your linemen are going to be on both sides of the ball. I think that's the one thing you can do. Uh, but as far as quarterbacks and the receivers and all that, it's still going to be down to timing. Uh, but you better get your line straightened out early and know who can play multiple mm-hmm. positions because injuries. Now, remember, you adding another game, which I think is insane, but they're going to try it and we'll see where it takes them.
0: I don't think they're going to try it. I mean, I think it's it's official. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's happening. Mm-hmm. So all right we will be back again next monday well he will be back next monday uh i'm on tbd yeah you on, and uh, we'll uh <laughs> we'll have some ice packs for you <laughs> we'll be we'll be doing that from our homes next uh next monday and i'll uh i'll see how much i can move bye uh, by are you. you so what you guys it's detroit and then you're not going no, on the road trip right, next actually, no okay so I'll be
1: around here. I'm gonna go on the, on the road and see some baseball. Up. All
0: right, we'll uh, we'll talk about that next Monday here on Lunch with Claves and Joe. We are driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura. Where we are. Right now, hey, 300 cars uh, on the lot here at Munganass St. Louis Acura. Find it online, stlouisacura.com. Or head over to the Illinois side, our friends at Munganass Alton Toyota at altontoyota.com. Also powered by Amron, Illinois, and also uh, Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. Find him online at the thehomeloanexpert.com. This. Uh, if you've missed any of this, we'll have the replay of it coming up at 5 o'clock this evening. Also, we will have uh, coming up, the. Uh, it'll be on the podcast too, so audio form as well. So if you missed any of this, plenty of other times that you can go back and watch it later today. For Mike Claiborne, I am Joe Roderick. We want to thank our friends out here at Munganas St. Louis Acura for having us out here this afternoon. We will be back with you again next Monday. Every day, Ameren Illinois works to deliver reliable energy throughout the state to on-the-go families, in-the-know grandparents, and busy students. But did you know we also have ways to manage your energy? Paperless billing, outage notifications, pick a due date, auto pay, and so much more. So no matter who you are or how you use your energy, there's an option that's right for you. Learn more at amronillinois.com slash options.